Hello, and welcome to No Crying in Baseball, episode 37, end of Little League season episode. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. I'm Potty Mouth, and I've been doing cross-training this week and watching some World Cup, as have some of our MLB player boyfriends. Mexico, very exciting, and a bunch of Mexican players, including Hector Velasquez of the Red Sox, all excited about Mexico leading their, uh, what do you call those things? Groups. It's a group. (laughs) Leading a group. With two wins and taking out Germany. So Mexico is the exciting player um, as far as what our players are looking for. Actually, South Korea also, even though they were beaten by Mexico. Wait, that's the team that, that, that 538 told me I should root for based on random questions. Oh, that was a while ago. It was. Well, you should start looking into it. Okay, I'm on it. Oh, dad's here. Let me just tell you, my dad's here. Hi, dad. He says we're still smart. I love your dad. I'm so happy that he's here. So as I mentioned, it is the end of Little League season, and I have told you all before that my daughter had her first season as a coach, a head coach for a Little League team of mostly eight-year-old boys and one girl. How's the girl doing? She is a kick-ass catcher. Awesome. She's got a just a cannon for an eight-year-old arm, and she knows how to play the position of catcher. She's the only one on the whole team who can actually do it. And it was fun for me because I, I, I keep score for these games, so I'm, I sit behind the backstop, so I watch the catcher all the time, and she was really good. The thing I wanted to mention about it being the last game is this is the age where you get participation medals. Oh, that's such a hot button issue. Right. I hate those. Yeah. I hate those. And they're and, all over the place. And I just need to say that I'm really proud of my kid and her assistant coach because when they presented them, they didn't come off as, hey, you were here, have a medal. They had something to say specifically to each kid. That's great. About... You know, I know that you were tired of playing the outfield, but you did it when we needed you to. And, you you know, instead of, you know, always playing shortstop, you did what we asked you to do. Or you came in struggling with this, but you really worked hard on. And so they they found a way to make it about working hard and showing up and having a good attitude and supporting your teammates and all of that instead of just, hey, you were here. Go wear this now. And letting the kids know that their efforts are being noticed. So that's actually acknowledging the kids for what they've been doing, which is what it's all about, right? Yeah, it was really cool to see. And my favorite part of the whole day was I took my kid out to for pizza afterwards to celebrate. Yay, your first season as a coach. That's a big deal. One of the kids and his little sister and his dad were there. And when he saw Camden, he yelled, Coach Cam from across That's the room. Great. Ran all the way across the room, dove into her lap, and gave her a huge hug. And it was so great. And then today she learned that, you know, she got an email saying that the, the, the parents got together and they sent her, you know, a, a thank you Amazon gift card. And I said, How sweet. Cam, what was better, getting the gift card or the hug? And she said, you know, the hug was pretty good. What a great end to the season. I'm, I'm guessing she's planning on next year. I think next spring she's going to be back at it because they totally won her over. It was terrific. You know, much less exciting are our boyfriends at this point. I feel like that's a hard <laughs> act to follow. We have these fantasy boyfriends that we picked so carefully in the offseason and we're following them. We each have our leagues, one guy on each team. One guy of mine who I chose because of his team. I chose this one for good reasons, okay? I know I get a little bit of shit. (laughs) There's no primer. I get a little bit of shit for some of the wild guys that I've chosen. But Joe Maurer of the Twins, not a wild guy. Chose him because he is the twin of, he even has twins. He's been a twin. This past Friday, June 22nd, was his third annual fundraising gala opportunity for an organization called the Gillette Children's Specialty Healthcare It's a hospital for children with severe disabilities and complex health needs, kids who are not curable. So it's all about 
doing the best in care for these kids, getting the up-to-date technology and what, what's needed to make their lives better, and to give them opportunities like, hey, going onto the ball field and doing what you can do with Joe Maurer and his buddies. What a great opportunity for them. There were on-field activities, there was a Q&A with Maurer, and then a fundraising luncheon afterwards. So that's kind of what this this baseball boyfriend thing is about, that we're looking at their skills. We talk about their skills a lot, but we want to talk about these players like just really cool guys using their baseball personality and fame for doing something for the community. Maurer's a great example. And I like the way you explained what they did on the field because adapting sports mm-hmm. for different levels of ability is huge because there's a lot of kids who wouldn't be able to play sports as you and I maybe played sports or, or sports that were available to us growing up. But now there are different ways to modify how to ride a bike or how to throw a ball or being able to do wheelchair basketball or sled hockey and all of these yeah. things are depth. So it's very cool that he incorporated that as part of his fundraiser. So right on, Joe Maurer, I approve of this boyfriend. Yay. Patty approved. A couple of my boyfriends might be in some trade trouble right now. I'm going to teach you a new a new phrase. You may be hearing about the non-waiver trade deadline. We're starting to talk about that a lot now in baseball news. July 31st, every year, is this thing called the non-waiver trade deadline. So right about now, shortly before the All-Star break, there's a lot of conversation about what players may be moved by the end of July. Here's what's important about that date. What's the advantage of moving before that date? You can trade somebody now just on whatever deal you can make with the other team. There aren't any special hoops to jump through. There aren't any restrictions on the trade. If my team and your team come to an agreement about my star player and three of your prospects or two of yours and three, whatever it or is. Money. We money can, player, and money. And right? money. We, we can do whatever we want now. After July 31st, there's a whole set of hoops somebody has to, uh, teams have to jump through, management's jump through. These are trade waivers. You have to say, I am going to trade, I want, I'm going to put Scooter Jeanette out there. For, oh, for waivers. Don't put right? Scooter out. I wouldn't. I would never put Scooter no. out. Scooter's on my team forever. But I might say he's available for trade. Any team out there can say, oh, I want him. I want him. I want him. And yes, those yeah, I happen. want him's will be addressed by like the, the team that has the lowest ranking first. And oh. so lower say, than the Reds. That's an interesting question. <laughs> the Orioles. Let's call, them, let's, right. let's call that team the Orioles. Say the Orioles want Scooter Jeanette. So they can propose something and me as the Reds can say, yes, I'll take that. Or you can just have him and all of his contract or just kidding, I'm not going to trade him. So those are the options. But all of those things for any player that needs to be traded have to be figured out, right? Right. And then the next deadline is August 31st. If you trade somebody and they meet all of those qualifications, but it's after August 31st, that player can't play in the postseason. So that's not going to any team that thinks they have a prayer over the postseason. So you want to get your trades done by the end of July if what you're trying to do is build a team that's going to get you into the playoffs. So here's what I've got. I've got Scooter Jeanette at the Reds. I've got Nicholas Castellanos of the Tigers, right? Mm -hmm. These two guys are both young-ish, bright spots on teams that are playing under 500 ball right now. So they are the kind of all their team has. They may have one or two other players that's, you know, that are, are picking up some slack, but they're the stars. And they're, they're, they're rumored to be traded because those teams are not getting to the playoffs. Unless miracles happen after right. the All-Star break, they're not getting to the playoffs. So what's your plan for the future? Do you want to trade somebody like Scooter, who's a proven you know, point, you know, he's going to get the runs, he's going to be good defensively, mm-hmm. 
but you're not going to go anywhere with him. And he's young enough. That he's got many years ahead of him. Maybe you can get three or four good prospects for him. And then maybe next year or the year after that, you're a contender. Same thing with Castellanos. So you're going to see a lot of names in play right, right now, and that's why. Yeah, Man- Manny Machado would be in the same club, even though he's not a boyfriend, because the O's should get something out of him at this point because he's free next year, or he's gone next year, right? He's a right. Free so agent. he's in a different category because he's going to be a free agent next year, right? So these but guys they could are get not. Some, but he could get they could get something for him now, right? If they trade him, like they should really trade him before this. And he, yeah, yes, absolutely. But these guys are in a different category because they have a lot of time left on their contract that he does not. And both of these guys really want to stay where they are, but they don't really have any say in the matter. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I kind of hope they both get to stay because if if you're on a team, you're doing well for the team, and you express that you want to stay in that city – you kind of think that, that that could be honored if it can be honored. It's a so rough trade-off. Definitely a rough trade-off. Talking about boyfriends who have been uh, in the spotlight a little bit, Clayton Kershaw, my Dodgers boyfriend, hasn't been playing a lot because he was on the DL and he came back for a hot minute, a coffee. What was it? A boilermaker. A, a boilermaker. <laughs> we it was a boilermaker because right. he's a big boy. He came back not for a <laughs> cup of coffee but for a shot and a beer, and then he strained his back. And he's back again, and it looks like they're being cautious. He only played three innings last night, let up two runs, not great, not awful, I think one of the the sore spots for him, so to speak, besides his back, besides his back and besides his bicep or whatever he had before, was that the the other pitcher, Jacob Degrom, got a hit off of him. That oh, that's, that's embarrassing. Gotta be, that's yeah, gotta be that's a mortifying. Is what that is. But while I was watching him and watching him pitch. I'm thinking, how long is his back going to hold up? Because if you watch Kershaw pitch, he's got the the most body movement kind of wind up, wind up and then toss. He's got a huge spread of his lanky legs. His back looks kind of curved back and his, and his arm goes all the way back. I'm thinking that was great for him with it, as a, for a young body with a lot of power. But I think he's aging. And how long can you can you keep it up with, with a windup like that? Maybe two or three innings at a time is all you've got for the near future. How about the other end of the uh, the battery? you got the pitchers. How about the catchers? Catcher who I love, my boyfriend, Yadier Molina, who recuperated also very nicely from his injury that we detailed a couple of episodes ago. And he's been turning the cards around, both on offense and defense. He had a couple of home runs yesterday, but the big news on Yadier Molina is he now holds the record of most games caught for one team. Nice. So so he's a diehard Cardinals guy. He's got a couple more years on his contract. He's 35 now. I'm wondering if he has a hope of reaching Pudge Rodriguez's all-time, which he's 665 games away from. Good Lord. I did a little bit of math. I don't know. His knees can hold out that long. That's what I'm wondering. That's 162 games a year. Yeah. So that's a lot. That's five more years or more. Exactly. Man, you do your... I had to, like, break out the calculator, like, write all this shit down, and you just pop that out. That's why they pay me the big that, bucks. That's crazy. Wait, I was nobody thinking, pays me the big bucks. Damn it. Jeez. Like just under five years, he would have to do. He's 35 now. Can a catcher hold out that long? Usually catchers last about this long, like mid-30s. Mm. Hey, no crying in baseball fans. Did you know that it takes about 10 hours a week for me and Potty Mouth and El Jefe to make this podcast? We love doing it, and we hope you love it too. There's a lot more we'd like to do, a lot more we want to do, more blog posts, special edition episodes, features on some of our favorites, the Nats, the Red Sox, much more, but we need your help. For less than a dime a day, just a few bucks a month, you can support NCIB and get access to all kinds of special content, extra episodes, more. We might even thank you in an upcoming episode. 
Just go to patreon.com slash nocryinginbball. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash nocryinginbball and become a supporter today. You'll find everything you need there to support NCIB. Thanks so much. We'll make it worth your while. Just like the rest of what we're reporting today. I gave Potty Mouth credit earlier for having a good boyfriend. and Oh, shit. This is going to come back and bite me. Was Stanley Ramirez actually a boyfriend or just somebody you really admire? He was a wannabe. I mean, I've been with Pookie all the way, but... Yeah, he has a wannabe boyfriend. I was crushed, as you all may recall from a couple episodes ago when the Red Sox tried to... I'm just going to... Try it, traded him. Or yeah, left just, him. Let him. Let him go. Let him go. They designated him for yes. assignment. DFA. They DFA. cut all ties. And um, I, I'm going to pile on is what I'm going to do right now. Because Potty Mouth, this guy, it was best that they let him go. Best that they let him go. Because now there are rumors. And they're interesting rumors. They may or not be true, but I am willing to spread these rumors. Hanley Ramirez is probably, like 80% probably... Being uh, what accused? Is he actually accused? He's being implicated in a fentanyl trafficking ring. So this is all complete rumor. I have a lot of doubts about this. It is not complete rumor. Here are some things that back up this story. There is a crime reporter who said, here's what happened. Somebody was in a vehicular stop. There's a cop there. The cop found fentanyl and crack cocaine in the car. In my dad's town where my father lives. Is he related to this somehow? I'm not at all, but I'm, 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 I'm sure he is there. not. I am sure he is not. During this traffic stop, when all of these drugs were turned up, the driver of the car, who is yet to be identified publicly, said, oh, no, that, and they don't say what that is, belongs to Hanley Ramirez. And then FaceTimes Hanley Ramirez while they are at a stop with a traffic cop, with a cop who has pulled them over, gets Hanley on FaceTime and says, oh, yeah, that's mine. So now Hanley has said that thing in the car next to all the drugs belongs to me. So there is some speculation that he is kind of involved in this. And now the the funny thing is the timing is such that it happened pretty much when the Red Sox let him go. But the the Red Sox are saying, no, 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 no. We know nothing about this and has nothing to do with it. And his stats, which were kind of terrible, back that up. It was certainly a perfectly reasonable thing for them to do, much as you love him, for them to designate him for assignment. A couple of things to argue. And I wish I could fucking get my lawyer brain together because I don't remember what kind of evidence evidence it is but basically it's just it's circumstantial fuck circumstantial all it means is he knows the guy who is driving the car and his some of his stuff, belongings are with the drugs in right, the car but we don't know where the drugs in it are the drugs connected to these belongings we have a lot of we don't know and that's why all i introduced him as rumor there and hearsay and i just want to pile on because it's fun and and i adore hanley ramirez so i'm going to defend him although it is a little odd that nobody's picked him up yet i don't think it's so odd Hmm. He's not so good right now. All right. Hey, let's talk about to somebody be, else we can both hate. To, to be <laughs> continued. You know, if you're a pitcher, don't punch the wall. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Hunter Strickland, closer for the Giants, got frustrated He's from a blow. Such a jerk save. on seven different what levels. A fucking idiot. And he punches the wall and breaks his baby finger. And uh his baby finger. His, it was his fifth meta something or other and his I'm baby just, finger yeah, his, he, he broke <laughs> his heard it called that. fractured his baby finger so he's out from six to eight weeks giants are not so happy he feels a lot worse now this is he's not the only one who does but stupid let's, let's, shit wait, wait before we he's move not, on from hunter strickland let's hate on him a little bit more you can do that go for it because go he's for it. a jerk he's the one who always instigates the throwing it 
opposing team batters, if if someone hits a home run off of him, he takes it personally and try and hits the batter that you know to, to punish them. For, well, we're especially talking about our nationals, right? Well, that too, but not only. Okay. I mean, he got into it earlier this week that there were like bench clearing brawls, and he's like staring down batters who hit off of him before. It's mm. like, oh, I'm going to get you, because he's a jerk. But he's the one that made um everyone in Washington D.C. love Buster Posey even more than they already did, because that was when he. Beat, oh, that's right. He calmed him down. Well, no. Or, no, or no, he no. didn't. He didn't take his side. That when was when Hunter Strickland beamed Bryce Harper and Bryce rushed the mound to beat the crap out of Hunter Strickland, Buster just leaned back and was like, "Dude, you got into it. You get out of it. I am not defending you on this one. And, it's and all on you." Bryce, when he was a wee guy, when he was nineteen, he had his own stupid injury incident where he smashed a bat against the wall and the splinters ricocheted and cut his face, so they ended up with fifteen stitches. And he's still so pretty. He, I don't know how that happened. He, I, he's matured. He's mm-hmm. matured. You've bashed on me for taking Sean Rodriguez from the Pirates as my boyfriend, and he's sucking right now. I'm so sorry, Sean. But he also one of the reasons why I chose him was he punched a locker and broke his hand. That's kind of fucked up. But you know, <laughs> if it's good enough for LeBron James, it's good enough for baseball, right? Well, look at you cross training with there your we, with your anger management go. issues. That's awesome. <laughs> So just a brief line about my actual favorite 19-year-old, which was not mm. um, Bryce Harper, you know, splintering a bat and injuring himself, but it's actually Miracle Boy Juan Soto, who today, there's two bits of news this week about Juan Soto. One is he's the only teenager ever to hit six home runs in his teenager. first oh 26 God. games, 25 games, I think it was. And also he bent time this week. He's like a little Doctor Who? He's a little Doctor Who. He was a time traveler this week. You and I went to the Yankees Nationals game back in May. The beginning of the game. May 15th. It got, it rained so hard they postponed. They suspended the game to be picked up later. It was tied up. And so they, yes, they suspended the game to be picked up later, which ended up being this past Monday. So Juan Soto was called up to the big leagues on May 25th. The beginning of this game was on May 15th. The end of the game was this week in June. Juan came in as a pinch hitter in this game, and he hit a two-run homer, winning the game. But then on the record books, this two-run homer counts for the May 15th game, which was before he was actually called up to the majors and was currently playing in a minor league game at the same time. That same night that this happened, and is this his first home run or not? Because his first home run up until then was actually on the day he debuted. And so everyone's (laughs) minds are blown. And this is why there are asterisks in record books. And I just noticed Juan Soto and Han Solo like are really mm-hmm. close together. Is there some significance there? There, there is for a lot of us. All in right. fact, there's a, there is for a lot of us. Last week, while we were recording, and we were telling you stories about all of our boyfriends leading the pack in stolen bases. While we were recording, Michael A. Taylor of the Nationals stole four bases. So let he me stole repeat that, that lead. While we were wow. recording, that is crazy. Four. Bases, and he has taken the lead and held it. So yes, he stole the lead from our many, many boyfriends who were one, two, and three up until we started recording last week. Too he funny. now has 22 stolen bases. The next closest are as a tie for 20 bases. He had a 13-game hitting streak until he was called in to pinch hit last night in the losing game between the Nats and the Phils, and he struck out. So I'm really sorry that we made you do that, Michael A., because you deserve better from us. Yeah, and it's so great to see him coming back because he had a rough start to the season. And to see somebody go from that to doing this well is always such an inspirational thing. We talked a little bit about our friend Manny Machado, who I'm trying to be a lot nicer to these days, because especially because there's rumors about the Red Sox being interested. Whole nother story. 
he was with the Orioles as they visited the Nationals this week, and I missed the games, but my hubby and daughter went with your daughter and her friend on Tuesday night, and your daughter was all pro-O's for that game. Would you name a kid Camden? Camden. There she, you go. There, there's no reason for her not to vote for the, root for the O's. And when they play the Nats, I look at her and say, are you sure? And she says, you made me like this. You did this to me. That's, so that gonna, is so fair. So she's going to root for the O's. I, I, go ahead. That Do is it. so fair. And I actually, now that the O's are not threatening, I've been kind of rooting not for the O's. <laughs> you know, I, I figure that's a pretty safe distance in the AL East. I don't have to hate them as much as I usually do. So that's, when that I would saw, just be piling on. Yeah. So I'm home. Nobody else is home because my my husband and kid are with your kid. And I'm following the game, and I'm noticing the O's doing well. So I'm thinking, yay, Cam, look at that. And they had a good lead that they absolutely blew in, like, the seventh inning, I think, is when the Nats came back and ended up winning it. And O's fans everywhere, including on the Metro on the way back, were, were very disheartened by this. So uh, Metro sighting by my husband and daughter was some drunk guy who ripped off his Machado jersey. These things that cost how much money? On the Metro, held at our arm's length and said, I renounce this shirt. I renounce this shirt. And everybody started applauding him. He, of course, he's in D.C. He threw it down on the Metro platform and walked off. And another guy, like, walks up to it picks it up and the <laughs> entire crowd and you know what it's like after a game in the metro it's station packed. It's there packed. are hundreds of people there they start chanting put it on put it on and this might have been the magical moment for the orioles because the guy put it on and what happened the next night o's came back right last night machado they go 15 innings against the braves machado hits the winning home run so that jersey is getting a little bit more valuable by the minute. Maybe this drunken or at this point hungover guy is thinking, bad move, bad move. Never give up, man. It's like, oh, I regret that $125 jersey that I dashed to the <laughs> ground now. Yeah, we watched, um, my daughter and I watched the end of that game. We were at the Nats-Phillies game on Friday night, got home and said, oh, look, the O's are still playing. And we watched six more innings of their game oh and, and, and watched the big win at the end. And we could celebrate that one because we liked it better when they were playing the Braves than who was who they beat. The, we yeah. want them to beat the Braves. So that was all good. Cool thing that happened that doesn't involve, hey, surprise, the Nationals or the Red Sox. Woo, look at that. A pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, Anthony, I can't say it. Dis you said it before. I said it, Discafani, yeah. whose nickname is Disco. So I'm going to go with Disco, hit his first major league home run. It was a grand slam against the Cubs. How cool is that? By so, a pitcher. That by is a so pitcher. cool. That it's is awesome. so cool. And weirdly, the Reds are, they've had, they've hit seven grand slams this season so far, which leads the major leagues. They've had four in the last 10 days, which is amazing. And they've won nine out of their last 11 games. They are still under 500. So that's how you know how deep in the basement that they were. But there's hope. And Scooter, hang in there. We want you there. I, I'm taking a deep breath because I'm not really ready to talk about this again. And I'm kind of crappy. Uh, I'm pissed that we're talking about this another week in a row about domestic violence, uh, sexual abuse allegations with a player. Last week, it was with Sung Kong of the Pirates, right? Coming back. And today we talked about Roberto Asuna before. We've mentioned him twice before on this podcast. Once was a happy mention, episode 27, when we mentioned that he was the youngest re uh, relief pitcher to 100 saves. He's a closer. He's 23 years, 62 days old when he got that. 
And then we talked about him in episode 31 when they were going to have a big T-shirt day for him, but it was ruined by him being arrested at that time or indicted on these charges. Uh, And MLB has come down, and I guess I need a little bit more clarification on this. So MLB just the other day said that he is now suspended for 75 games without pay. But the actual trial, the actual legal decision about what happened isn't happening until July 9th. So my one question in my brain is, why does MLB decide before the trial? MLB does a separate investigation. I think they 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 may or may not use what they learn from law enforcement. And remember, this was the one that was made more complicated because it happened in Canada. Right. So it was you know, an across-the-border thing. So it's within MLB's jurisdiction, but the law enforcement angle might make it more complicated. MLB decided they had enough evidence to say, you're suspended, 75 games, no pay, and you have to attend these um, the, the, you know, these workshops and, and such to you know, help you work through this and learn to be a better human, right? And this is absolutely separate from whatever the law enforcement prosecution finds out. So no matter what happens, can MLB change their punishment at this point? Like if they come out that he's guilty, would the 75 games change? If they come out that he's guilty, he's probably going to be in jail. Yeah. So yes, right. I'm going to go, go with yes go on with yes. that. If if the law enforcement decision is that he's innocent, I think MLB has decided that enough went bad mm-hmm. that they would probably continue with the suspension. That that is my guess. Well, with that. and also like you were saying, and like you we were saying in our case last week, that many times the women don't end up coming through with the testimony, or they just want to settle. There's a lot of pressure to settle this out of court. So whether the actual story ever comes out is the big problem, I think, in a lot of these cases, because the optics are bad. We're definitely getting it through a certain view. But is it is it enough what MLB is doing? And, and if you're looking at this one, too, I got to compare it to Robinson Cano, who got 80 game suspension for suspected PEDs for, for a PD masker. And is that five games worse than this sus- suspicion? Of assault. And again, it's very hard for these women to come through. I've been noticing a lot of argument on Twitter between female reporters and male reporters on this issue on how this is coming through. And female reporters are taking umbrage at the fact that male reporters are reporting focused on the MLB effects of this exclusively. So sort of like, this is how we get through this punishment to get at the other end and to have our good player, because that's what the team's interested in. But should it be the responsibility of the reporter to at all times keep the perspective involved that we're dealing with suspected sexual assault, domestic violence, and that other things need to be brought into light, need to be considered about that. Am I making sense? Because you, this is what I was grappling with right before our podcast. You, you are making sense. And, and here's my take on it. I think if the if a writer, if a writer's job is to look at the future of the team, what is the team going to do in the next two months? They're going to acknowledge that, yes, he's going to trial for this. Yes, he's been accused of this. And yes, he's been suspended. These things happened. But the focus of that article is how do you play your games? How do you field your team? Because that's what the focus is of that 
article. That that article right. is not about the greater picture of sexual abuse in Major League Baseball. It's about how do the Toronto Blue Jays get through the next two months. And I guess my perspective or my allegiance on this, I think going with the female reporters, is that that always should be part of the article. That always should be part of the discussion. Because just looking at the effect on baseball is dismissing the effect on the women. I'm torn. I think there need to be articles that talk about what you're saying right now. Absolutely. I absolutely do. And I think that the the, the only one that I read, he's the, the, the male sports writer started with, he's been accused of this. He is going to trial. MLB has come to, has punished him and said, here, so it start, the whole first paragraph is, here's all the consequences for him because of this. Now, from the perspective of the team, what do we do? Because that's what he's writing about. He's writing about yeah. how does, how do you feel the team? That's a different kind of article, I think. And I, 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 I see your, your point, but I've got to argue with the balance. I just think that the balance isn't there, that there's not enough reminders about what these offenses are. Look at Aroldis Chapman, who was accused of, and yes, most of these did not lead to convictions. Chapman was not convicted, but he was accused of choking a woman, right? And he got 30 games on that, and then he got traded to the Cubs and got to win the World Series, and then he got right. traded back to the Yankees, yes. and now he's like blowing everybody's socks off on a daily basis. He's in the news constantly. So I would love to do a search and see how many articles mention his, con- his not conviction, his situation for suspension and how many articles just forget it. So there's two things about that. Um, yes, I absolutely agree with what you just said. And the things about it are this, that, that was the case that made MLB create their, this their policy. True. This is true. So this policy was not in effect then. What, here's what we do. We suspend you. We, um, You have to attend these workshops. If, there's all these things that we can do as MLB. That wasn't the case then. So I'm wondering if there will be follow-up because the situation is different. I also think the responsibility is on the media to keep paying attention to it. And if they don't, that, I mean, it's not and like... That's, and that's what these women are saying. Like these ma- male sports writers generally But don't. afterwards. But they you're, you're talking about Chapman. So I'm saying afterwards. Right. right. And, and still, they're not doing that. And look at Sano. No we talked is. about Miguel yeah. Sano at the beginning of this year not that story died but but no one is and they could be too so right. yes that i think that's a good point and but that's the responsibility of the people writing the articles and and and, and doing the news damn it now it's our responsibility there we go our I'm summarizing gonna... thing our podcast will keep this <laughs> in light follow us it's weird that i'm going to segue into talking about hot dogs <laughs> but i'm awesome. going to do it <laughs> okay that's good let's go for the wieners let's go for the wieners I have not one but two stories about, about hot dogs about hot dog related injuries um, instigated by Major League Baseball mascots. How about that? The Impressive. first is this week, the Phillies fanatic, who is wild, widely known as the most sued mascot in the major <laughs> leagues, injured a woman with a hot dog gun. He fired a duct tape wrapped hot dog out of his hot dog gun. It hit her in the eye. The woman could not defend herself because she was about to have sh- shoulder surgery, so she couldn't lift her arms to either oh my catch God. the hot dog to win the hot dog or to deflect it and save herself from an emergency room visit, which is what happened. She was a good sport. She said, "No, I'm not going to sue. It's a hot dog. It could happen." But her eye was all swollen. She I had a hematoma. Of it. It was a she had a hematoma. Yeah, it was bad, um, but not that bad. I mean, it was like you know. But so there was that, and which made me, of course do some research to see if there is a precedent for hot dog related (laughs) mascot injuries and sure enough the kansas city royals slugger that slugger with two r's their mascot indeed um during uh, the hot dog toss 
threw a hot dog and apparently threw the hot dog hard enough that it hit somebody who was not looking at the mascot but looking at the scoreboard in the eye. And this gentleman sued not once but twice. He oh. went to trial, two, two separate jury trials. The first jury found him, him as the, the person in the stands, completely responsible, like, for getting hit by a hot dog? For getting hit by a hot you dog. Like, standing pay in attention, the wrong place. dude. Okay. And the second time they said it was nobody's fault, just please stop suing the damn slugger <laughs> for this. But in both of these cases, it brings up the issue of launch angle. Hot dog launch angle. Right. It's not just the batters anymore. But you know what? Just go for the pop fly instead of the fast the fastball with the hot dog and everybody will be fine. Or better yet, maybe stay with something softer like the t-shirt toss. Really quickly, I just want to mention that Outsports Pride is having a bit of a convention this weekend as part of New York City Pride, but Outsports is part of SB Nation, so a media organization, especially covering issues of LGBT people in sports. And not issues, just celebration. They do a lot of really cool stuff. And it's being hosted by a very exuberant rainbow swished Nike. They've, their money is behind it, as is the NFL, the Dodgers. I'm not sure why it's the whole NFL and then just the Dodgers for the, the MLB, but go figure. And the UFC, which is an interesting sponsor. That's pretty good. (laughs) They have great people, though, from all levels of sports, everything from high school coaches to college players and coaches to professional level, male, female, across the spectrum and anyway. And it's a great thing to support and to follow. So it's going on right now. It started Friday and it's still going on. So maybe in the next couple of days we'll be able to read about what was discussed A few weeks ago, we talked about how Ichiro was no longer going to be an active player for the Mariners. He was going to be the special assistant, and he was not allowed in the dugout. And we flat out made the joke, he's going to pull a Bobby Valentine. He's going to put on a fake mustache like Bobby Valentine did 20 years ago. You heard it here. And show up in the dugout. He did it on Thursday. There are pictures all over the interwebs about him in a hoodie and a mustache. A mustache. Ichiro in a mustache. In a Valentine mustache in the Mariners dugout. So thank you, Ichiro, for making all of our dreams come true. Weird, sad news to report Major League Baseball has now banned teams from signing players from the Mexican Baseball League, the LMB, because of corruption. It turns out that the deals that are made with these Mexican teams to bring their players into the into Major League Baseball, the teams in Mexico are taking like 75% of the players' signing bonus, which is not okay. And to compare that, when we're talking about Otani coming over from the Japanese leagues, we have relationships with Japan and with Korea and those leagues. Those teams do take some of the money, but about 25%, not 75%. MLB apparently has been trying to solve this problem for years, and they've just given up. They said, forget it. If you can't play by the rules, you're out. So they're going to see if there's another way for those players to kind of find a pipeline into MLB. I but right now, so. it's not going to be straight up with, with, with the LMB. I hope so, because an outright ban just seems crazy. And who's getting hurt is the players. And then those of us baseball lovers who want to see the best players that are out there. So I hope they're able to w- get a workaround on this. That's just crazy. My fantasy teams suck. I'm just saying, I have paid no attention to them. I wouldn't say suck. Okay, here's how I'm going to frame it in a positive way. I'm playing the long game. I'm not swapping people out regularly because I'm playing the long game because it's going to go all season and it's going to be okay. The other side of that would be I'm too lazy to swap my players out and so I end up with people on the DL and that kind of thing. Yeah, well, I I was bashing myself fucking rookie mistakes. Can you believe this? I really screwed up. I was all excited about Mookie Betts being back and he's had a really good week and actually had a day off yesterday. But overall, he's been doing really well and I went yesterday to check to make sure everything was okay for our deadline on the trade 
and I forgot to take him off the DL. Oh, no. So no wonder my points started dropping. And then I started thinking a little bit about my Dodgers predicament and how I've had these Dodgers boyfriends on the DL. And I didn't even fucking consider that I could have swapped them for other Dodgers pitchers, like, say, Bueller. 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 Who's, like, vying for rookie, rookie of the year. And he's a Dodgers pitcher. And I probably should have swapped any other Dodgers pitcher that I had for him. But no. So live and learn. The All-Star break is not quite here yet. I'm still in first place. Not not my Bueller team. Now my Bueller. But now Bueller Bueller, team. Well, and now Bueller's Bueller on the now? DL. I was like, oh, great. I'm going to put him on. He's on the DL. So it t- the Bueller to be team is not the number one team. My other and yet, team. And yet your other team is number one. My other team is hanging on to number one. But number two, Deborah is really cruising. I think she's like five or six points you know behind me. She pays attention. We don't pay attention. Well, power to you, We're Deborah. all talk. She's action. Go, go for it. Go for it. Teach us a thing or two. Let's see how that goes. You're still number three and number four though so i think that's pretty admirable very very impressive nice for you to say from the top perch yeah well <laughs> and i'm also down at the bottom but number five is our tacoma park socks it's a whole week till you come back to no crying in baseball you've got lots of time to go over to apple podcasts and leave us a review please do that helps us a lot helps other people find us too Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Tell your friends about us. And until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. Oh, you're so sweet. That's why I love you. Yeah, see? All right.